Welcome to this episode of Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever, the podcast where two cousins discuss all things Janet Jackson. Today, we are going to talk about Janet Jackson's Because of Love. My name is Courtney, and I'm here with my cousin. Cousin Cam, and I am excited about today's pod because we get to share a chat we had recorded earlier with Amy Toons. Yes, she was so fun. Yep, but before we get to that, there's lots of news to talk about. There's so much news to talk about. I don't even know how to start, really. Just just dive in there. (laughs) (laughs) So we are recording. Today is February 13th, 2020. And I promise so much has happened just in this last week of Janet Jackson. You know, the evening of Janet Jackson Appreciation Day, she shared with us that there were some surprises to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was not lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they really came with it. Basically, kicked off an entire new era. Uh, I, you know, like we are officially in the Black Diamond era. <laughs> and I'm not mad about it. It was funny to me because, like Monday, I was like, "Okay, Jen is going to be on the Tonight Show. That's all I need to worry about. DVR, whatever." Next thing you know, I'm like, "Wait a minute, two what? Black Diamond what?" <laughs> yeah what? stuff just started popping up the tour dates was dropping yeah and i was like is this real and i even reached out to you i was like is this real real or is somebody dropping the ball somewhere it's real <laughs> it's real now it was an interesting rollout so here's what i want to say like i think everything has worked like she's been hitting the promo circuit hard mm-hmm. everything is just like top 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 it did feel like there was a little bit of a fumble out the gate. Um, <laughs> th- th- it did seem like some of the announcements kind of got ahead because I remember there there was a big anticipation for the Tonight Show announcement mm-hmm. where we were promised that there would be some big news. And earlier in that day, it seemed like the news kind of leaked. Um, yeah. But that didn't take away from the excitement. So maybe there was a fumble in there. Who knows? We don't know. But if there was a fumble, they definitely uh, recovered it for a touchdown because... <laughs> Everything has been popping. She has been everywhere. And I just would like to say for the record, last year I said it. I say Janet. And Janet heard me when I said, we need some new music and we need some, we need an album. And you was like, Kim, Janet ain't gonna do it. Janet did it. I don't remember seeing Janet Aker. Oh, I no, probably did, though. Yeah, yeah you did. did. I, don't re- I don't remember seeing it. I'm going to be honest. I don't you was like, it, but this, this lady told you she ain't even listening like, to music. Sound like something I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. I can't even fuck. Um, yeah, but you know, because I feel like she doesn't owe us anything. So it's just amazing that she's continuing to like work on her music and to continue to do a world tour like ma'am you don't have to do this but I'm so grateful that she is and it just speaks a lot to what she thinks about her profession and her craft and how much she loves it but also I think it more so speaks to how much she loves us because she got a lot of options for things that she could be doing and if I were Janet Jackson my number one thing that I would be doing would be like being at home with my kid because I'm rich and I don't really gotta work and y'all can watch the DVDs and I'll see you when I see you that Mm -hmm. would be me but fortunately for the world, I am not Janet Jackson um, right. because she continues to just give so much of herself. So I'm looking forward to it. Mm. What did you think the announcement was going to be like when 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 all of this was was opening up? I honestly thought well, maybe she was just going to say that she's working on something like maybe part two of the Vegas Red or 
she was going to do a special gig or something. I didn't expect a whole album and I didn't expect a tour. So that's why when I first heard it, I was like, uh, is this real? But now that I know it's real, I think it's overdue because you got to think from Unbreakable to now, so much has happened. You know, she's done had a beautiful baby boy. She done went through some situations with her marriage and things like that. And I think it's time for her to use her music to be therapeutic. She got something to say. So I ain't even mad with her. I appreciate that. I think she waited until she did feel like she had something to say and could have the freedom and the time to express it in the way that she desires. Um, and specifically on Instagram, she, she put out a post and it said basically, hey, you guys, I've heard all of your wishes. And now from my lips to your ears, I'm working on a new album and going on the brand new world tour this summer, both titled Black Diamond. And then she goes on to tell us about black diamonds are the toughest of all the diamonds, the hardest to cut. I see that as the hardest to hurt or destroy. There is a lot that I have endured. I see myself as a black diamond in its purest form. I'm a rock. I have rough edges, but I keep moving forward. I want to show you my strength as well as give you strength. Mm -hmm. I think we're in for a fire album. I'm so excited. I like you. I thought it would be more metamorphosis i thought that's what it was going to be i did not expect a world tour and i'm kind of surprised that she's starting again in the u.s um so that did surprise me a lot um i thought that if there were to be another quote-unquote world tour that she would start outside of the u.s she's given us a lot um in the last three or four years um Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what i expected but already out the gate so much so much goodness (laughs) we have to talk about the highlight of the week for me and that was seeing her on The Tonight Show. Yes. She was rocking a new hairdo, which whoever braided her hair. <laughs> it is immaculate. <laughs> yes. Lay looked fresh. I was like, go ahead, girl. And then just to see how hyped Jimmy was. Jimmy was very hyped. And I don't blame him because it's Janet. I really liked that Jimmy gave her her flowers like right Mm -hmm. off the bat she sat down on the couch and he just started listing her accolades just bam Mm -hmm. bam bam and he hit some of the most important ones like the only performer to have seven top five hits from a single album Mm -hmm. um you know we don't talk about those things enough well we you and i and you know the jam fam talks about those things enough but just in general like she's the most and this is no exaggeration and it's it's not biased. Like there are a lot of things I'm biased about for Janet Jackson, but it's not biased when I say it's like even though her career is still going, what she has accomplished is already three, four, five, six times more than many other esteemed professionals in, in this industry will ever accomplish. Yeah. So let's talk about that tonight show classroom musical segment. Oh my God. I was not expecting this. He's done Mariah Carey. He's done Jennifer Hudson. I mean, all these people. But to see Janet (laughs) do it. And then she did a song I had forgot about. Runaway. (laughs) I don't know if it was something about the little kids toys. and the. It just like, it was raw. It was natural. It was a beautiful thing. And I was like, I want this as my ringtone. I just need this in my life. And I, <laughs> I was just overjoyed. I could not stop playing it. Yeah. It was just another side of Janet that I think need to be out there. So 
like I said, I have no complaints. Yeah, I don't have any more to add other than joy. Like you mentioned joy. And I think that's what people were feeling. Like, it's mm-hmm. been a hard time, like, especially here, like most of our discourse in America at this time is dominated by politics and corruption and elections. And just mm-hmm. it is a heavy, heavy time. Mm-hmm. But today, it seemed like all of the Internet's were just talking about the joy um, that they experienced watching Janet on Jimmy Fallon. It was just really good. And she sounded amazing. I sent it to a coworker and he was just like, how does she still sound just like the album? Like he was like, how is that possible? (laughs) She definitely has taken care of her voice throughout the years and it shows. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of the tour, one date that stood out to me is... The iconic Essence Festival. Yes. <laughs> Super secretly, I do not know if that was supposed to have been announced already. <laughs> All of a sudden, Essence was like, hey, by the way, Janet, Bruno Mars. Right, we better get something out there. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody woke up and said, oh, we, do- we doing this today? Oh, this- we doing this today? Right. This- yeah, that's part of that fumble forward. But it worked. But how awesome is that to have Janet headlining? Bruno headlining. Like, they stepped their game up this year. Yes. Yes. I did want to say about Bruno's Mars connection. You know, folks have already started to speculate. Is there going to be a collaboration on the album or like, what does the album look like? It's a possibility. I do hope that Missy does pop up with the Essence Festival because that would be so cool because I want to hear them do Burn It Up. That would be so fun. Yeah. She has a lot of options. And uh, JQ, you know, her A&R also mm-hmm. mentioned that we're going to be surprised by the collaborations. I got to say, though, I got a little heartburn. Like, I don't, to me, Janet is a solo artist and she has never been made better by being on an album with someone else. <laughs> True. She has had good songs with other people, but she has never been improved by being on an album with someone else. So I'm not a person who's like, I need collaborations. I need, but you know, for the sake of variety and for the sake of like, that's where we are with music, right? And you can do like marketing is, let's face it, a lot easier if you got two pop stars on the album than one. So that if you can do that, like if, look, we trying to get this fifth number one in a fifth consecutive decade. So (laughs) (laughs) whatever we need to do (laughs) to get this fifth consecutive Number one, make her the only person in that category. Uh, We need to do it. And let's be honest. If she gets this, it is not likely to happen again. Right. It is is not a record that can be taken down. So, yeah. So, collaborations, I could take them and leave them. I don't care. But the Jam fam seems to want them. So, I'm rooting for y'all. Like, I hope you get (laughs) just what you want. Um, Yeah, but I did want to talk about Ryan Seacrest, uh, his interview. It was really precious. First of all, she looked adorable as she has looked everywhere she stopped, as she Mm -hmm. has looked everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was really precious. I liked he asked the right questions. He was first person to actually ask about the album. Like, when will we have it? Mm-hmm. And she basically said before the end of the tour. So just know, just know y'all going to be humming, humming some songs you don't know. Because <laughs> you, you will not have that album in your hand. If you in them early dates, you will not have an album. Um, but he, he and, and just his reverence, you know, he talked about how he used to pretend to DJ using her singles. Um, mm-hmm. He would practice his DJing and just the reverence in that room. Like people really were, were respectful and, and just realizing the moment and what they had and and that's how it should be when she enters a room to be honest um Mm -hmm. and i also appreciated that ryan seacrest like there was at one point where 
Janet mentioned, like, I haven't seen you since Atlanta. And he kind of demurred. And he basically said, like, I remember, but I wasn't going to bring it up because <laughs> of who you were with. And, you know, I was like, that's respectful, though, because... I appreciate you not bringing up my old relationships unless I bring them up, right? Like I was That's like, a peeve I, of yours. <laughs> it is. It is a true pet peeve. And apparently I'm in the minority because people do it all the time. And it's tacky. It is, to me, it is tacky. And so to just constantly, like I have a cousin who will ask me about someone I dated in high school. She would ask me right now. And I'm just like, what do you want me to tell you? I got his Facebook just like you. Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't have any more information for you. She um, good because I don't remember none. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was a lovely fella and I w- wish him all the best. You know, we could chop it up. But like, I don't have any information for you. Um, back so, yeah. to Ryan's secret. <laughs> so, we just, back to Ryan's secret. <laughs> so I appreciated his his tactfulness, his mm-hmm. respect, his almost deference uh, for Janet Jackson. And that's the way it should be. Also, she did a nice interview with Ricky Smiley. Janet calls in to the Ricky Smiley Morning Show. And when I tell you Ricky and the brat were ready, (laughs) they were ready. (laughs) It was early in the morning, of course. But Ricky Smiley, he did the same thing as Jimmy, laid out all the list of all her accolades. But what I found funny and interesting about it was him and the brat had such a connection with the Control album. Hmm. When you rank in Janet's albums, it's something about that Control one that you just can't push it to the side. Yeah. So it was just nice to see her do a morning show where it's more like she was hanging with her people. But I just had to bring up the fact that Gary with the T mentioned that he loved the video Pleasure Principle so much that he broke a glass table trying to jump on the chair. Oh, that's too bad. I'm sure he's not the only one, though. But that's too bad. <laughs> I want to say, I hope Janet's team is just sitting in the room high-fiving each other. Oh, yeah. They really hitting on all cylinders. From her doing Runaway on the day that they put Runaway back on iTunes and Spotify. Mm-hmm. And the fashion. You know, you talked about control. To me, like, the outfit she wore on Jimmy Fallon was very reminiscent of when I think of you, mm-hmm. but like badder and bolder. Mm-hmm. And I love that big mama bear coat she wore <laughs> on <laughs> The View when she learned she was giving free tickets to everybody. Because I don't everybody. think she knew that. I don't think that was in the plan. <laughs> but that that mama bear coat was bad. Uh, the boots have been bad. That leather dress that she wore on Ryan Seacrest, bad. bad. Like she's not coming to play with y'all. And I'm glad. Like, I know sometimes we go through this phase when a lot of people are like, oh, she needs to stop wearing all this black and blah, blah, blah. And like a lot of people don't realize, like, when we fell in love with Janet Jackson, it was black. And it was black <laughs> for about 10 years. <laughs> she's literally back to her roots. And it's fun to see her express herself and to assert her style again. And I love that she has jumped into this new era with both feet. Like she is all in mm-hmm. and I'm excited for her. Mm-hmm. I, I, can, I can't say no more. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> We are joined by Amy Stevland, an amazing artist, skater, and member of Jam Fam, who has blessed us with a Jenny Jackson's cartoon portrait series. A series of stylized portrait art 
showcasing Janet Jackson's in a celebration of the 30th anniversary release of the landmark Rhythm Nation 1814 project. Yes. Welcome, Amy, or should we call you Amy Toons? We are excited to have you. Great to be here. I know you guys have had some heavy hitters on the show, so uh, I'm, I'm excited to uh, be talking to you guys. Yes, you are amongst the heavy hitters. So welcome, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is actually, these are our favorite kinds of shows, like to get to talk with other Janet Jackson fans and just kind of hear the fan story. But also you've made so many great contributions to uh, Janet along the way. So we're excited to talk about a little bit about Amy and then we'll go into our song. Yeah, let's do it. First thing we want to know is when did you fall in love with Janet Jackson? Oh, my goodness. All right. So let me pull up my rocking chair, uh, tell you a little story. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I would say that uh, I, I was born at a time where I sort of grew up with Janet. She's, you know, a little bit older, but in a, in a certain way, I feel like I've, you know, sort of grown up with Janet. So there were there were times when I was sort of aware of her and she was, you know, she was, uh, I caught the Good Times reruns. Um, she was one of my favorites on Fame. Um, so I was kind of, you know, aware that she was always my favorite on Fame. So I was like, there's something special about this one. And then Control came out. Now, my household was, we weren't allowed to listen to secular music and that's a whole thing. So trying to get some MTV was like taking your life into your own hands. <laughs> so, um, so when Control came out, I remember when I think of you, um, the, that song makes me so happy to this day. But I remember, I, I think it was like a Casey Kasem countdown or something where I managed to get a glimpse of the video and it had that sort of, sort of uh, golden era musical type thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, as a kid, I was really into that for whatever reason. Uh, <laughs> I was a nerd, <laughs> but I recognized that. And uh, so that was really cool. And I remember thinking all oh, that, you know, that's really cool. And then I think like the next, you know, real glimpse was, you know, more closer to Rhythm Nation. And then, you know, just seeing, you know, her, you know, commanding this Rhythm Nation in this uniform and, and, and being so, you know, uh, bold and powerful and yet kind of the the tomboy, the down-to-earth tomboy that, that I kind of felt like I was. Mm -hmm. I was definitely a tomboy growing up. So yeah. <laughs> I think that's definitely where, you know, the first like real connection came was like, wow, this is somebody who's sort of, you know, leading the charge with her talent, with her message and not necessarily, you know, showing a lot of skin, which there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I was, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 at the time. So that didn't interest me. But what Janet was serving uh, with Rhythm Nation, I was definitely into. And then I think by the time the Janet album rolled around, I was pretty hardcore. Um, I, I think you could find anybody who hadn't fallen in love with Janet by this point. I mean, she had definitely come into her own as a woman. And, you know, we got to see a little bit more of that sensuality. And I think for me, Janet only has one biological child, but <laughs> I think I, I wouldn't be remiss if I said Janet's probably raised a lot of kids yeah. <laughs> and I would consider myself one of them. Um, I, I feel like I really got my sense of how to be a, an adult. You know, what, what kind of woman would I want to be when I yeah. grow up? And, and I think I really looked to Janet in a lot of ways for that. In some ways, you know, she sort of raised me <laughs> that sort of pivotal age. So yeah, when Janet came out, I was still in high school. So I still didn't quite have, you know, the freedom. But I, I think the Janet album was what really cinched it for me. I mean, Velvet Rope, obviously, I have a real personal connection to that. I love that era. But I think if you ask me when I fell in love with Janet, 
I think I went hardcore in the Janet double. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. Yeah, I think a lot of us had that experience of feeling like we grew up with Janet, even though, you know, for me, she's a little older as well. To me, she's not that many years older than me. Uh, but I remember when I was a kid, it seemed like she was just this like regal adult. <laughs> she had, you know, done things and experienced things. And like she was a woman of the world. And I just remember thinking like, I, I think maybe I was nine or 10 when Rhythm Nation came out. And I just remember, I guess she would have been about 23 or so. She seemed so like worldly and regal, poised. And I remember thinking, <laughs> I want to be like that. So I definitely, I I definitely um, share that with you. So you took us a little bit on your journey, kind of when you fell in love with Janet Jackson. Tell us about uh, the first time you saw Janet live. Ooh, so I had to wait till the velvet rope era before that could happen. Uh, I think I was fresh out of high school. Um, I was on my own by then, so I had a little bit more freedom. And uh, so, yeah, Velvet Rope was my first show. Uh, I was still, uh, I grew up uh, near Detroit. So um, that's where I was living at the time when they came to town. That was actually a pretty special for being like my first Janet concert. Uh, I got a little story I can share uh, if you want to hear it. But uh, so back in the day, again, I'm rocking on my rocking chair here. (laughs) (laughs) There was, uh, you know, Janet and and Renee, um, you know, were on the internet, you know, before there was really social media and there was a, you know, a small group of fans that, that were really, you know, blessed to sort of have the opportunity to chat with them on a really uh, sort of low key, you know, level where we could all just kind of hang out, you know, just be goofy and stuff. And so that led to, you know, some phone calls and things like that. And when they came to town, it happened to be uh, Renee's birthday. So it was in July. And the kicker was, and, it, and here's how, you know, we were really in the 90s, the hotel that they were staying at, I come to find out, I work about five minutes from there, but I had to drive all the way home. To, to discover on my answering machine, on my landline, but <laughs> so, <laughs> so on the landline, I had a, Renee had left a message inviting me to his birthday party back at the hotel that was five minutes from where I worked. So, wow. <laughs> so that was, uh, so cool. you know, that was, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that was, I was a, I was a mess trying to get, uh, get everything squared away. Cause um, I actually had a friend coming into town to see the show. My friend Arlen coming in from Texas, I was supposed to pick her up at the airport and there was a lot of people coming into town, but I mean, this was an incredible opportunity. So I made my way back down there. Dedication. Uh, right. <laughs> I get to the hotel and I'm not, I'm not somebody who, you know, stalks hotel lobbies, you know, trying to be some place I'm not supposed to be. I'm really bad at that. I look like, <laughs> I look like a nerd. So I've never tried it. I just, I just know that it's not my thing. So, you know, it was nice to have the invite and I find my, find my way uh, over there, but realizing, you know, I'm so out of my elements, you know, I don't really know anybody here. I, I don't, don't see Renee, you know, it, it would have been my first time meeting him. Um, so yeah, like I'm, I'm walking in here cold. I don't know anybody, I, you know, and I didn't know the dancers then either. Uh, so I just grab a little plate of food and I sit my little butt down at, at, at a table. I hear some giggling behind me and uh, every Janet fan knows that giggle. <laughs> it was Janet. And I think it was Seanette, maybe Tina were all sitting at this table and they were just cracking up. And so I'm sitting there like so out of my <laughs> element. I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know, they're back there are you going to just sit here and eat your food or are you going to maybe try and be like a normal human being and talk to them? (laughs) (laughs) I got up my little nerve and I turned around and I just said, what's some, you know, something goofy, like what's so funny back here or something. And, 
and they looked and they they were still giggling and they had these little um these little drawing pads it had these little cartoon this little cartoon of a guy on it but he was missing his um lower region so it was like a fill in the blanks blanks type of situation (laughs) so they were giggling janet handed me one so i could see what it was and then i knew i knew what the giggling was about but you know here i am i don't know if they know who i am i highly doubt it but you know i'm sitting there the cartoonist so let me see what you know make some uh you know make a drawing here so i just i drew the guy with some heart boxers on you know i wasn't gonna go there (laughs) 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 and i handed it back to them they giggled and they just kept on so i um i eventually i think i found renee and and i hung around for a little while like i said i had to go pick my friend up from uh, the airport and i think i stuck around long enough to maybe get in around a pictionary okay boys versus girls very intense uh (laughs) i remember renee being upset because they thought it was unfair that i was on janet's team because i could draw your artist skills (laughs) And I remember the only, I mean, it, this, I mean, it was so long ago and I felt like it, you know, I was there for 15 minutes and I had to leave, but I, you know, it was probably like an hour and a half or something that I had to go pick my friend up. But I remember my word that I had to draw was butler. And I was so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> those guys were not playing. This was serious mm. to them. It was guys versus girls and it was very intense, but, um, you know, I finally, you know, kind of found a, you know, you know, space to be breathing. Be like, okay, that, I did that. That was fun. What an experience. <laughs> I just played Pictionary with Janet. Right. That was really cool. Yeah. But I got to go. I got to go pick up my friend. So <laughs> you're a great friend because yes. way back then, though, would have been hard because you couldn't just send an Uber, but I might would have found a yellow pages and sent <laughs> a yellow taxi. <laughs> well, I did stay a little too long and I did have a friend of mine go pick her up who lived really close to the airport. So, yeah, we didn't have cell phones back then. So here, you know, my, a perfect stranger. I'm sending my, you know, my friend to pick her up. So uh, it all ended up well, and we all ended up at the show the next day. And yeah. I think that's where this whole silly story is leading up to is the concert. <laughs> yeah. So the next day, um, like I said, there was a lot of people, um, you know, all of us that had been talking online had, but this was going to be one of the first times we were all meeting. So there were folks that came down from Canada. I think folks that drove up from Ohio. Like I said, my friend was flying in from Texas. So um, this was like sort of the first of Jan fam as I knew it. Mm-hmm. Um, we were all sort of meeting for the first time. So it was really cool. Um, I think we ran into Renee as we were waiting outside. Um, we talked to him for a little bit and then we shot the show and the show was amazing. And uh, I think I saw a couple more and haven't looked back since. Wow. Well, <laughs> okay. So that's a lot to unpack. I don't, the only thing I want to say is I so identify with you. My heart was beating when you were talking about you walked in there and you didn't know anyone. Cause that would have totally been yeah. like, I would have been like, Oh my God, Janet Jackson's behind me. And I probably wouldn't have turned around. So I'm excited that you, you got up, you took the step, you drew the boxers, you yeah. drew the butler. Like, look at you. Congratulations. That's pretty awesome. It was a moment for sure. Yeah. And also I kind of hated a little bit cause I was definitely at that concert but I was not online at this time so you guys were trailblazers mm. in the internet world because I was not a part of that world but I was at that show in Detroit the Velvet Rope show I think yeah. it was like summer July 18 19 something like that yeah was that Joe Lewis or Kobo is that Joe Lewis Joe Lewis okay so you said you saw a couple of more when was the last time you went to a show and did did something pop off did you play Pictionary with somebody else <laughs> 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 no, no, it's all been downhill from there. I think I peaked. 
That was that was peak. <laughs> uh, no, I went and saw the Metamorphosis. Uh, oh, fantastic! Tour, or the the show, the, the residency. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, that's the I, the only, one and only time I'll ever go to Vegas is for Janet. <laughs> I won't be back, but <laughs> but I love the show and. Uh, that was an amazing time too. Good deal. Good deal. Okay. Good. Good. Okay. And a lot of our listeners will know you for know you as Amy Toombs, the woman who does amazing illustrations of Janet Jackson. Tell us a little bit more about the portrait series and why you wanted to do it. Yeah. So I, I'm sure I'm on a list somewhere because it can't be normal to have drawn over like a hundred pictures of Janet Jackson. I'm pretty <laughs> sure she's got me on a cuckoo wow. list somewhere, but but uh, it's true. Since the 90s, I've probably done over 100 of those things. But uh, this last series, it kind of stemmed from a a portrait that I actually did uh, back in the Unbreakable era. Um, It was a new style that I was playing with because years ago, I, I lost the use of my drawing hand and I've had to sort of figure out you know, different ways to get back into things. So I, you know, I've sort of trained my other hand to do a certain amount of things, but instead of, you know, drawing, you know, cartoons like I used to, I started playing with shapes and a friend of mine, um, who's also an artist started doing these woodcut portrait and he would make, you know, sort of these portraits out of um, these flat pieces of wood. And I was like, well, I can kind of do that digitally. So I did that unbreakable piece. Didn't really think about it, you know, until the 30th anniversary was sort of approaching. And I just kind of thought, wow, like maybe I could pull that style back out and, and do some of the really iconic styles from from Rhythm Nation just as a celebration of that uh, incredible milestone. So I ended up uh, doing six portraits for the original series. And then it took off. I couldn't stop. <laughs> I started doing you know, all the different uh, videos and outfits that I thought were really iconic. And I, I think I got up to 31 before I stopped. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, they are. I was trying to pick a favorite and it's not possible to do. I love Little Janet. I love Escapade. I love All For You. And then you did the entire <laughs> like MTV icon tribute with all of the white renditions of the costume. Yeah. Like, yeah, you've done a lot and they're all pretty awesome. Yeah, they are. You know, it's so cool the way you use your talent to kind of honor this person that we all love. And I, I just commend you for doing that. And just really, you've given a lot to the Jan fan. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm, j- I'm so glad everybody likes them. I mean, I have fun doing them. I really just do them for me, but I figured, you know, <laughs> They actually, be, they actually, now that I've kind of got this that style down, it, they actually became kind of meditative for me. So I would just do them on the weekends and then on to do. Yeah. <laughs> they were very therapeutic. So <laughs> they're awesome, man. I, I wish I had that. So, too. Yeah, they're so much fun. <laughs> now you've done work for Coca Cola, Frito Lay, the Motown History Museum, and Mariah Carey. Even Jimmy Jam uses your art as his Twitter header. But there was one client testimony on your website that caught our attention. It reads, Amy, thank you for sharing your amazing talent with us, with us all. Love always your number one fan, Janet Jackson. You got to tell us how did that come about? (laughs) Oh man, this, this is another story from the Velvet Rope era that I I think, you know, I've touched on um, online, but long story short, I I was asked to contribute or to submit a sketch for the Velvet Rope album cover, which was, uh, I think the top of my head popped off when uh, that happened. Uh, (laughs) Renee had asked me to do um, 
you know, a sketch and he had an idea. He sent me a photograph and it came with uh, an autographed picture from, from Janet and Renee. And that's what Janet had written on the photographs. Yeah, that was a pretty special, a pretty special message. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. You're involved as well in the Jan Fam movement, I'm right? everywhere. Everywhere where somebody is trying to elevate Janet and celebrate her, I'm usually there, whether they probably want me or not. <laughs> <laughs> you, you make your presence known. Huh? <laughs> and I love that because you did the design for the Rhythm Nation 30 Jan Fan movement, like the hoodies and all those, which are pr- really pretty awesome. Yeah. But can you talk to us a little bit about it? Like what I want to know is like, maybe you could share a favorite moment or yeah. something from... Um, your involvement with Jamfam movement, like how did you find them? How did you get involved? And like, what's been a highlight? Junior the other day, and I was I found an old video of his, and I think I had actually reached out to him because he had did, he had done a, a Janet medley that I wanted to skate to. We do these uh, skater showcases every year, and I knew I wanted to skate to Janet, and I found this thing, and I reached out to him. I was like, "Can I use your mix?" He was like, "Yeah," and then. I feel like it was maybe months later, he reached out to me. I didn't realize it was the same person. And we talked about doing a logo for this, you know, this workshop that he was doing. So it's funny how Jan Fam sort of, <laughs> it's a small world. You find each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just thought it was really cool what he was trying to do. Um, you know, to, to, I think it was a really special event to be able to be in the same room with Janet's collaborators and the dancers and things and, and sort of get a taste of what it would have been like to have been in an audition or out on tour, you know, in rehearsal. And and the great part was that you did not have to be an elite dancer. The barrier to entry was if you wanted to be there and you showed up and I just thought that was really unique. And I, you know, I really benefited. I mean, I, I think I went to one of the first ones and I stood in the back of the room because if I don't have skates on my, I have two left feet, <laughs> but I stood at the back of the room and I saw Tina, she was teaching if, you know, all different levels of dancers were out there, you know, people who just wanted to be in the room. You know, she did that intro to If, and I'm in the back of the room. I'm just bawling my eyes out. <laughs> it was, I mean, this is going to sound really corny, but it felt really magical to be in that room. You know, I think we all know, you know, the caliber of work that Janet does. She, she only works with the best. She works with really special people. And to have the opportunity to be in the same room with a lot of these people and having, God, I'm even tearing up, I think, right now just thinking about it. But, yeah. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was just really... It was such a special event. And then, you know, we did, you know, Junior did a diff- couple of different themed ones where I think he did, he did Velvet Rope for the anniversary of the Velvet Rope and then the 30th anniversary for Rhythm Nation. And then there were some other ones in between. But, but yeah, that, I just thought that that was such a, you know, a unique um, thing to put on and, and, and to have those people want to, you know, come back. I mean, because we're, you know, we're nobody. I mean, you know, it's but just the fact that, you know, they wanted to come and be a part of it too was even that much more special. You know, we didn't have to twist yeah. any arms. You know, I don't think he had to twist any arms. It just felt like we wanted to celebrate Janet and all the wonderful things she's created. And we wanted to bring, you know, some of the folks back together that helped her create those things. And I think they even managed to have little mini reunions onto themselves you know, throughout those events, you know, that, that weren't really planned. It was just like, wow, like this event got them back together too. So it was just, yeah, it was just really special all the way around. I was really proud to be, to be, uh, you know, have a small part and, you know, be involved with that a little bit. Yeah. I think it's pretty amazing. Not, not just, you know, what Junior and, and, and the team are doing, but the, like you said, the fact that it is a chance to get to honor the dancers, you know, I think it's, I think it's really special that, 
Janet Jackson's dancers, no matter what they go on to do, I think it's like their first point of pride is I was a Janet Jackson dancer. Mm -hmm. And I also think it speaks volumes to her that whenever people call on folks from her past to come and do things related to her or in her honor, like they show up and they're, they're excited about it and happy about it and the respect that they give to her fans, right? Like they don't have to fool with us. Like they're, they've gone on, they're dancing with other people. They've made a name for themselves. They've choreographed for tons of other folks and they still fool with Jan fam. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're so generous. And I mean, you know, again, you know, kind of go, my, my 12 year old self was like screaming, you know, that, you know, Anthony Thomas is like sort of my friend now. It's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. What is, what is this reality? Like, you know, so (laughs) I hear you. We had the same experience. I don't know if you heard the interview with Jimmy Locust, but yeah, obviously I love him for Janet Jackson, but also he was in my other favorite two favorite movies Polly of course <laughs> <Yes>. and <laughs> when I heard that I could not believe that was like the fifth reference to that movie I couldn't believe it are you suggesting that I had mentioned Polly before because I'm not sure if I had um <laughs> and you're probably only one of 20 people that saw that movie <laughs> I love that movie so much I was listening and I think I even tweeted you guys like oh my god <laughs> it's one of those things from childhood where like you remember something so clearly and you can find no one else who remembers the thing like i swear polly and popples like when i talk about popples people are like what are you even talking about <laughs> what what is popples See? That, wasn't that you that little plush where yes, you can sort of fold can. it in inside of itself yeah it had its own little pocket that fit inside it like he folded it inside itself it was yes. weird but we love that stuff that must be a Detroit thing. It was not I a Detroit ne- thing. And I will not allow you to act like my entire childhood was a hallucination. <laughs> These things happened. <laughs> Amy, be honest. Did you watch Pollyanna? Polly, I did not see. I got to tell you. Thank you. <laughs> was it like the, the wonderful world of Disney or something? Amy. It might be back there in the memory bank somewhere, but I don't have a vivid recollection of it. <laughs> kind of piggyback off of your involvement you were one of the champions leading the charge for justice for feedback which is still one of my favorite Janet songs why was that important to you why did you want to see justice for that song in particular oh man I mean I think I think all the Jan fam agrees that Demita Joe really got the shaft when that you know when everything happened and feedback is an objectively you know good song and I think you know Jan fam we like to celebrate we like Let's take every anniversary, every moment to remind people that Janet is here. She did this. Mm-hmm. You're going to like recognize it. So I don't know. Maybe, you know, it, it, it was one of our smaller efforts. But uh, I think, you know, we, we definitely raised the, the amount of um, uh, streams, you know, for that weekend. So, you know, we, we make a little dent here and there. I think it's just all about, you know, whether it's misguided or, <laughs> or it falls on deaf ears. I don't know. But uh, any anytime we get to, you know, try to remind people that like, hey, we're, we're out here. We love Janet. And, you know, we, we just want you to, you know, she can't be erased. So quit trying. <laughs> oh, I like that. She can't be erased. So quit trying. Yeah. Uh-oh. Absolutely. Kim and I talked about this on a different podcast, but I maybe am not the biggest fan of feedback. You know, I'm just retweeting because, you know, I just want to be in it. So I just want to make sure that like folks are aware and everybody knows and this or that. But I got to tell you, you, you all even converted me because I was retweeting 
And then I started streaming and streaming. And like before long, I was like, okay, this might be something. (laughs) (laughs) It is something. That's one song I really was like, people, why y'all don't like this song? This is a hit. Yeah. You know, I think there's probably always one song that like somebody just like, I know there's a couple for me where like when it first came out, I didn't get it. But like years later, I have come to appreciate it. Well, y'all could have been brainwashed as well, because I think that's what happened to me. But I, I mean, I really, I really started to come around. So if, if nothing else, you guys converted one. <laughs> and we'll take that one. <laughs> yeah. With that, I'm going to ask you this. What Janet Jackson song do you wish had a music video? Oh, I absolutely love the song Enjoy. <gasps> yes. Oh. I, that's what first shot to my brain. Um, <laughs> I can't, I couldn't really tell you what the, what I envisioned the visuals to be, but I just love that song. That song really meant a lot to me when I was going through uh, the, the recovery for my injury. It hasn't ever been performed live, I don't think. And uh, it never got a video. It just, it just feels like it's such a, a hidden gem that needs some shine. I just love that song. <laughs> Seems to me like the video might just happen at a roller rink because it's got that mm-hmm. vibe. Oh, you know we skate to it. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, you are speaking my language. I love that song. You are right, Amy. I love that song. Yeah. I hate to hear the I hate to hear the story though where when Janet, you know, was sad when she, you know, recorded the background vocals, but I really love that song. I hope there's, you know, I hope there was some joy in it for her because it really brought me a lot of joy. All right. So let's now talk a little bit about our song for this podcast episode, which is Because of Love. This song, of course, was written and produced by Janet, Jimmy, and Terry. And it was the fourth single from the Janet album. I was I want to say Janet, period, but I also feel like you don't pronounce periods. So I'm just very confused. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Janet or Janet, period, album uh, released on January 18th, 1994. How do you guys feel about this song? This is a classic feel-good bop. Classic I love it. Listen to it every New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, to me, it's a New Year's Eve song. Yeah. It is the quintessential New Year's Eve song. I kind of love that I love this song more as time goes on. I really liked it when I first heard it as a kid. And then I think I went through a period where I was like too cool for this like <laughs> boppity bop. Because it's a real like bouncy feel good. It's just a love song. It's sweet happy it's got a good nature like you just feel bubbly when you hear it and I think I went through a period where I was like um no I have come back to this song as like a go-to if you just need to pick me up this is it absolutely did you ever have the maxi single the cd single to this man there's so many good mixes on I know this song there's so many good ones I think this time period they did a lot of remixes and you know when they were actually selling singles to get you to come like into a store and purchase a single song so you would get like that song like 19 versions (laughs) yep (laughs) (laughs) they had to make that drive to tower records worth it but yeah so this one was definitely worth it like there's so many good mixes on this particular song yeah that all the names of them totally have left my brain but i will tell you that 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 cd single got me through through high school for real that and the if cd single now first of all those two maxi singles or cd singles 
prompted me to to come into the the 90s and actually buy a CD player. Because <laughs> <Wow. laughs> I was hanging on to the cassettes real hard. I was you like, you're not going to convert me, man. Funny. But Janet refuses to let me be a dinosaur. But, well, here's what I did, though. But I still had the Walkman, the classic cassette Walkman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and so I had to dub it, you know, you dubbed it to a tape so that you could take mm-hmm. it with you. As you should. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I had to change high schools, my junior, between my junior and senior year. So I had to start my junior year at a brand new high school. And that man, I probably was surgically attached to that Walkman because that's all I listened to. <laughs> I got like the, what were the long plays, like the 90 minute cassettes. Yeah. And I just <laughs> over and over <laughs> listened to, listen to because of love and, and if the if maxi funny. singles. So yeah, because of love helped get me through high school for sure. <laughs> Wow. I'm glad Janet was there for you like that. That was a good song. I don't know if I listened to it the entire way through high school, um, but it was a very good, it's just a good song. I remember hearing Jimmy Jam talk about, you know, the making of the Janet album. And he talks about how like everyone involved was just in love and they were just in such a happy place. You know, he was so in love with his wife. Terry was so in love with his wife. And he was like, Janet and Renee, they were just so in love. Like everybody was just in love. Oh yeah. And you can really feel it on this song i was like the first time i heard it i fell in love with it like i'm gonna be honest like songs especially with the janet period or janet um cd like i'll skip again i'll skip other little joint you know other little cuts but when this comes on i'm listening to it all the way through and i i, I was surprised that this song was the fourth because to me it felt like it was out way before other you know way before some other tracks and so I had to rejog my memory but I think I fell in love with it the first time I hit play with it and I think it's the background um vocals with it that because she carries that throughout the song and it to me it just makes the song even more banging you know what I'm saying so I, I just always enjoyed the vibe with this one. yeah I think when we post this we should probably post um the background vocals because they have been shared on YouTube uh Rhythm Mason Princess has posted them like the background vocals that we hear like that we just hear right off are amazing but <laughs> if you listen to it without the lead like the lyric on this song is amazing it might be some of her very very best work and it sounds like such a simple simple song but when you listen to the layering of the background vocals, you're like, oh, wow. So she really like she just really showed up to work. She didn't take a day off today. She <laughs> <is>. <laughs> yeah, that was something that I actually really discovered, you know, having that janky Walkman on all the time. When you listen to when you listen to her songs in headphones, it's a whole other experience because you really hear the layering and you hear, you, you know, you really hear those backgrounds. And yeah, those really those really jumped out. I always love this one because it has a li- like a little teeny bit of a motif vibe for me i love that yeah i could i could see where you get a little bit of motown yeah so this song was actually considered to be one of the last new jack swing songs that hit the charts and it it really Mm. i wouldn't have right off said new jack swing but it does have a new jack swing beat even though it has this soft almost like amy said motown like melody atop it it's a new jack swing beat and that was one of the things you got from janet like she could fuse these different 
um, styles together and just make it like something you've never heard before. Even though you've heard all the components, you just hadn't heard them together in that way. Because this feels like a true pop song, but it has a really hard hip hop beat under it. Yeah. And I think that shows the creative genius of, of Jimmy and Terry. Like, okay, they can take funk, they can take hip hop, they can even take, you know, just, you know, standardized, you know, basic rock, but mix it together to fuse it together where it's something totally different sound. So I think that's just lets you know that they, Jimmy and Terry never got stuck on, this is going to be our sound. Because when you hear if, you hear more rock and more strings and, and you're just like, wow, Janet really going hard on that? And then when you hear this, you're like, wow, this is more, you know, bubbly. So I just I just think when those three get in the studio, they just express themselves in a way to where don't put us in a box. We're going to take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and make our own, you know, our own song and what we want to do. You hit on something, you know, it's the three of them, right? Because uh, with every project that they did together, there was a, a familiarity, but there was never a sameness. Like there was always, they were willing to take risks mm-hmm. with one another. And Janet talks about mm-hmm. the making of the Janet album. And, you know, she said that, you know, all of my records are personal and Janet is the most personal of them all. And that's why this time around, it was important for me to write all of the lyrics and half of the melodies. So it was really key for her to continue to like with each album, she continued to express herself more and her voice became kind of more of a dominant voice on that album. And I think, again, it's just because of the like comfort and safety and just the chemistry that those three had um, that really allowed her to express herself in a way that maybe she wouldn't have been able to do with perhaps folks that she didn't have as good of a chem- chemistry or working relationship with. Yeah, they had an unmatched chemistry, you know, by this time they had control and rhythm nation under their belts. And so I think, you know, they could just kind of, you know, just let let their hair down and do their thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we talked about some remixes. So I pulled up a few here. Like, I think my favorite, well, it's going to be hard to narrow down, but like the D&D extended mix is is superb. I think most people latched on to the Frankie and David dub mix, which was a little bit of a house mix. There's the mugs, seven inch with the bass intro. I really like that one as well, but it's short. Mm -hmm. You can just get a dose. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it was good. And I love that, that people don't do it as much anymore. But like, you know, we just got the release of like the control remixes. And I'm telling you, I'm listening to those songs again, like I listened to them, you know, in the 80s and 90s. And it's because there's so much variety and style and character with each and every one of those remixes. It's like you're getting a new song. 100%. Yeah. And I think that's what this generation is missing because I'm showing my age to nobody puts out a good remix or, uh, or even tries to redo a song and give you a different feel to it they're just like okay throw some rappers on it this is our remix no take some chances mix it up i mean throw a house beat on there but with janet she was willing with her remixes and just with her music period just to keep pushing the envelope and keep trying new things right i think that's why i never got sick of that stupid walk man because (laughs) those singles were so different it was like yeah it was not like listening to the same song over and over it was great yeah um, mm-hmm. this song, as much as like we're just oozing and, and, and enthused about it, um, this song was her first solo single since uh, The Pleasure Principle to miss the top five in the U.S. So it made it to the top 10 of our U.S. Billboard Hot 100 and number six on U.S. Billboard Hot 100 
Airplay, um, and it did have some success in other categories. So it made it to number nine on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs, number four on the Hot Dance Club Songs, number four on the Pop Songs, and then like I said, 10 on the Hot 100. Only song ranked number 10 to be included on the number ones album. Oh, I didn't even realize they snuck it on the number one. And it wasn't the number one. And I just, took, you know, I just took for granted. I love that song. So uh, how could it not be number one? Ow, blowing my mind right now. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> Whoever was making the track list and was like, yo, this is a number one. I don't care what she's saying. Right. It's number one in my yeah. heart. So they made, they made the right choice. <laughs> and, you know, it feels like it should have been number one because at the time, that song was everywhere. And especially since at this time, Janet still had that really strong partnership with MTV. And I feel like every other video was <laughs> a Janet video. because of love or some other Janet Jackson song. So it just felt like it had to be a number one. I mean, this song was everywhere. Yeah, I remember for a while they had the, you know, the tour sort of montage video. And then for a while you didn't see anything but the New Year's Eve uh, live version on MTV. So, yeah. Is that why that's ingrained in my brain? Because I can remember every step she took <laughs> of that New Year's Eve <laughs> performance. Yeah, they turned that into like a, a live version of the video for a while. I remember that. Oh, okay. That, that, that explains so much. Oh, yeah, because I was in front of my TV doing the same thing, learning it backwards, messing it up. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the video. Um, the video was directed by Beth McCarthy Miller. And I'd just like to point out that um, Beth also directed Janet Jackson's SNL episode. She was the director for that episode, as well as Janet's Super Bowl performance in 2004. In the video, the footage is actually composed of Janet and her dancers on a T on the promo TV show tours, um, cities like London, New York City, Paris, Sydney, and also rehearsal footage of Janet World Tour in Hartford, Connecticut. That's like the one thing that sticks out to me about this video. You see that you know her taking pictures and doing her you know pretty much working behind the scenes, but then you also see them on the bus with the headphones, giggling, laughing, and it's like they were just being themselves and it was just so much chemistry fans of Janet always bring up the kids or the original or as I call it the OG kids we saw so much of them through the you know TV and through the videos and it was just this it was like you just all you saw was good times and happiness yeah they worked hard but they had fun while working hard and bringing you know giving Janet all that they had um doing this tour so that's one thing I'm glad that she kind of did was just show like behind the scenes of her and what she was doing as far as bringing, you know, a performance to her fans. Yeah, I loved I loved the, the pieces of the video because this was a tour I, I didn't get to see. So it was cool to see like all the little behind the scenes tour bus footage and rehearsal footage. And then um, the other thing that was that I remember being in there was like sort of like B-roll of like the different photo shoots that we had seen throughout the whole mm -hmm. project. And it, that was kind of cool to get to see, like, you know, different angles there of these, you know, beautiful photos that we had been seeing throughout the promotion. And then here they are, you know, here, here, here they are sort of come to life as we're seeing like the B-roll footage of it. Yeah, absolutely. And there was also some new footage. So, you know, the shots where it's just kind of Janet solo dancing on her own. Although it, in one of those shots, you see someone's hand and I'm going to watch it until I figure out whose hand it is. <laughs> um, but you see. <laughs> oh, God. 
what? Some she's just kind of dancing solo, and um, those shots were filmed in Boston at the Four Seasons Hotel. And one of the random facts about that, so one of my favorite scenes is where she's kind of like dancing with Puffy for whatever reason. Someone found out and posted on the interwebs that uh, Puffy received a homemade milk bone. Um, for his contribution, for her contribution to the video. Aww. <laughs> I love that one where Jan's just scrubbing her ears. And can I tell you guys, you're probably going to revoke my Jan, car, Jan fam card for this, but Janet with Puffy was like one of the first cartoons that I ever did based on this video. I didn't know until literally like, I don't know, three months ago that Puffy was a girl. <laughs> I had no idea. I, I feel like that's fair. Like, yeah, I don't think we're going to revoke the for not knowing. Well, Amy, I have a confession. I didn't realize the dog was in the video until I watched it a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so I was watching it. I was like, where did the dog come from? So we're good. <laughs> we good. <laughs> yeah, we good. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There's so many good moments. So there's her dance with Puffy. There is one of my favorite moments. And even as a child, I just remember being so touched. Um, and I know it's a touchy subject. You know, folks have their feelings about Renee. But my favorite moment in this video is where she's like laying on the sofa reading something. And it's very close to her face. I was like, she probably should put glasses on. And Renee is rubbing her face while she's reading. It's only like one second. It was so yeah, that cute. That was a sweet moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a really sweet moment. Can we talk about that big fuzzy black hat, that big, that big Kangol hat that Janet had? Yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can. When I tell you that I was at the mall, like a crazy person, <laughs> where can I find this hat? Please direct me to this hat. <laughs> did you find the hat? I didn't. I didn't. I found a more of a, a little more of a Jamiroquai looking hat. <laughs> it was not the one from the video. Close, but not right. Right. It was fuzzy. That was that was the only connection it had. <laughs> Yeah, there was so much goodness. Like you guys, I really appreciated the behind the scenes. And I think that's why I like this video so much. You can look at it today and I guess it does as somewhat cheesy because there's like stickers and stamps and passport and then things are sliding in and out like it was maybe made in clip art. None of that matters because I think what the director did so well is just fuse it together. So it was like we were mm -hmm. eavesdropping on their tour experience. I don't want to say not everyone could do that, but not everyone could do that. Like it was just a well done compilation video and just the way that it fused in those close up shots from the Four Seasons Hotel and just kind of gave you a real glimpse. And let's face it, this was meant to be a promotion. Like you were supposed to watch this and then if Janet was coming to your city, you were supposed to go see the concert based on this video. And I'm telling you, like, if I hadn't already been a diehard Janet fan and had already pestered my mom for tickets, I surely would have started up after seeing this video because the chemistry they had, you just knew they were going to put something special on that stage when you saw them on that tour bus and in rehearsals and just going through town, you know, you can see them on various uh, landmarks and monuments all over the world and they're taking pictures and they're just having a good time. And, Whatever they were doing, I felt like I need to be a part of this. Like wherever they are, if they come near me, I need to be there too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was sort of like your your adopted friends. Like you just, yeah, you just kind of wanted to be in it. Like they were having so much fun. And the video itself was actually packaged, included on the 2001 All For You uh, DVD, um, as well as Janet to Demita Joe, the videos. So let's talk about the performances. This was performed on the Janet tour, and you guys can help me out with this, but apparently 
the number one tour that Janet launched in 2011 apparently had songs dedicated for each of the stops. This is news to me. But this song was the one that was dedicated to Taiwan for the Up Close and Personal Tour. So I thought that was interesting. And I think kind of the way it was selected was just like what, how, how well a song did in a certain region and, you know, what does it mean to her? What does it mean to them? So I think that's kind of how those songs were selected. So this song was selected for Taiwan. But most importantly, I think the performance that we all remember, I do remember it from the Janet tour, but I only remember it from the Janet tour because I had seen it so many times as a part of the New Year's Eve special in 1993, ringing in 1994 on MTV. Oh, yes. <laughs> Classic. With Bill Bellamy. Was he at every Janet <laughs> function for MTV? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I think Bill Bellamy was on a rider. It was like sparkling water, <laughs> peanut butter. Green Bill. Right. <laughs> Bill Bellamy. <laughs> Poor Kennedy and who is it? Uh, Dr. Dre had to stand outside. <laughs> yeah. 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 I forgot all about that. Yeah. So that, that was still one of my favorite Janet Jackson performances. And she, I don't know what it is about her in television, but she don't miss. When she's on TV, she don't miss. And that was such a good, genuine, authentic performance. And again, you could see the chemistry with the dancers. You know, I remember seeing as the countdown came, because I think this song is like they sang, did they sing it before the new year or right after the new year? Right after. Right after. Right. Because I just remember the stage was covered in balloons and confetti and they're kicking the balloons around and they're walking around and they're giving each other hugs. And I mean, that song to me is is forever. Like I cannot have a New Year's Eve. And even if I don't hear the song, I think about that song and, and that particular uh, television presentation. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. so good. I still yeah. I still watch it every New Year's Eve. I don't time it, you know, directly with midnight, but <laughs> it's a classic. I, I always uh oh, that's um, so disappointing. That, that, well, I don't think I can figure that out. <laughs> You have given me a challenge. Yeah, you'll have to. Yeah, you'll have to like figure it out like at midnight. So that's your challenge. You got to figure out. <laughs> I have to tell everyone the time to start. So yeah, that's really the only performance I can recall about Because of Love. Again, I think it's just a great song. Feels like it captures so well a genuinely happy time in Janet's life. And, you know, if you've been a Janet fan for a long time, you know, there've been some ups and downs and, and some of the downs have seemed like ups, you know, she was able to push through them and smile through them and, 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 and go about it and, and do her job. But this doesn't feel like that. This feels like, I like this song because it feels like a genuinely happy time in her life. And um, it always makes me happy to think about her being happy. Yeah, this one always gives me a lot of smiles when I hear it. So, Amy, before we let you go, we just have one last question. How do you hope Janet is remembered? Wow. For so many things. But I think under it all, and I think, you know, she says it herself, but that, you know, it's it's all about love. The highs and the lows of love. (laughs) But, but yeah, I mean, (laughs) you know, I think... You know, in all the different times of my life where, you know, it really stood out to me, I feel like it was love that was sort of breaking through, you know, sort of the noise of the day. You know, when I really think about it now as an adult, and I think that was what, you know, I needed, um, you know, personally at the time, and that's how she reaches you. So I don't know. I mean, maybe that's hokey, but I feel like you can't go wrong with if Janet says it herself, but I feel like what she's really all about is is love and bringing love and joy to the world and that's what she feels like her purpose is and I think she's um, done so um, 
exponentially. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, pretty perfect. She knocked it out of the ballpark right there. I think that concludes this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That is it for us for now. If you need more Janet Jackson, which we know you need more Janet Jackson, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're already a subscriber, please tell a Janet Jackson fan about us and leave us a rating or review whenever you're listening. Your comments and ratings help other people find us, especially on iTunes. If you're not already, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Janet Jackson Pod. If you are following, thank you for every like and every single retweet, especially on episode releases. Those are simple things you can do, and they go a long way to help us reach new Janet Jackson fans. Our intro and outro music, Good For You, is provided by THBD and is licensed under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. Thanks for listening to Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever.